Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wikipedia podcast. It's an early morning for me. I'm trying to squeeze in this recording before I go to work, probably to any episode. If you've ever listened before, you know that I have put a lot of pressure on myself to publish episodes. Um, I wanted to get them out weekly, and I was doing really well because I told myself, like, no more. It's just part of what we do. You put out an episode a week, and everything was flowing well. Then all the drama with my last job happened. And I know I've, I think I've mentioned it, but I haven't been really specific. But honestly, when I took a step back and realized like how traumatic that actually was for me and how big of a deal, like the, all the things that it triggered, when I took a step back and realized like this affected you, it's something that you're going to have to deal with. I kind of went into my shell and wasn't in the right headspace, honestly, to record. And let me just give you a visual of the cycle that goes through my head when I think about recording. Energy or my creativity to one idea, then it's like, that's all I can get in my head. It's like, I have to get out. My focus can't go anywhere else. I'm basically obsessed over that idea of like getting that podcast episode out or making that TikTok or doing whatever it is. And then I build it up in my head to this like perfectionism issue of it needs to be amazing. And there have been episodes, I've probably recorded four episodes since my last episode that I published that I just never, I just stopped recording in the middle of them and like completely stopped and walked away because I got so frustrated because I was holding myself to this insanely high standard. And I was always nervous about, you know, repeating myself or telling the same stories And then that was something I worked through with this round as well was, first of all, we forget things constantly. So assuming that even all of these people who are listening to my podcast are the same listeners and I'll never get any new listeners, even assuming that you're assuming also that they all started at the same time, right? And through all of these layers that I have put on that don't even really exist, I imagine that people get frustrated, but even assuming all that stuff, we need to hear things more than once. And I will go back and listen and rewatch and, you know, read new books by authors who have said kind of the same thing before, but it's like, oh, it's a nice refresher. It's nice to hear it again. So I had to take a step back and look like, why do you think that people care so much that you repeat yourself? Because realistically, I get new listeners all the time. So they probably haven't heard it at all. Right. So like, And then I think about this, you know, this morning I was watching an interview with Joe Dispenza on my little walking meditation, and I love his content so much. So if you haven't read anything by him, look him up on YouTube, whatever, do whatever you got to do. But his content was so inspirational to the beginning of all of my like spiritual growth. So when I reconnected with him, it was like, I forgot, like, and that's what inspired all this was like, I completely forgot how on point everything that he says is to my experience like it resonates so much with me so now I'm going back and rereading and doing all these things I was like people want to do that too and I even had a friend once who told me that she wished that the advice that I gave her that I could compile it all into a list like a book and give it to her because she wants to access that information she's like there's times that I wish I could go back and look at the advice you gave me to like refresh my my memory 
And I was like, that's basically what you just described as my podcast. (laughs) It's basically the whole idea for my podcast is I give advice to all of my friends and I would tell them stories a lot about, you know, relating to each other. They don't even know each other, but I'm using the same advice and examples from their lives and things like that. So all of those things coming together, I was like, that's the perfect idea, like the perfect way to get that out, the perfect um, source or outlet for that is a podcast and it can reach so many more people. And then I was like, we're all, you know, the slogan United in Trauma, it was like, we're all going through the same thing. It, we, we feel so alone and it feels so specific and unique to just us. But this has been going on. I was talking to my friend about this literally yesterday. Like, it's such an amazing feeling to feel connected to people from thousands of years ago because you realize when you start reading and you start researching and you you feel that change. So you start reading even fiction, you know, stories that were written. Well, let me go back. I was talking to my friend yesterday about how everything had just come together in such perfect timing for my spiritual awakening. And now that I look at it, it's like, the you know, things in my life had happened that were bad. Don't get me wrong. But it was just not ever to that level of like, this is really, really bad. And it's not going away. Like it was really bad for a really long time, starting with COVID happening. Like I got my dream job. I was an event coordinator. It's what I went to college for. I was not serving tables anymore. I was using my degree, which I realized at this point in my life, doesn't actually matter to me, but it did matter to my parents and does matter to my parents. So I think I kind of absorbed that pressure and created this false belief, really, that I needed to use my degree to be a success. Because realistically, I was making less money at the, uh, when I was also working at a convention center. So when I was an event planner, I was making less money than when I was waiting tables. And serving tables, we get paid $2 an hour. Like I was making tips and it was a job where it was like my likability makes me more money. It just did. You know, people, I mean, you're getting tips. So when people tip me, they, for whatever reason, wanted to give me a lot more money. And it was, you know, I, it created this cycle of like me feeling good because people, it was an energy exchange, right? Like people rewarded me for going above and beyond. And I was good at it. Like I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at knowing when to approach people and when not to. So it's kind of just a good job for my personality, right? So it fulfilled me and it still does. Like I'm back to serving tables now and it does still fulfill me, but it doesn't fulfill me in a way that it did before. I think because I've seen all of this this potential that I have for a new life, like the life that I'm manifesting, the life that I want to create and know that I can. So I think that's where the frustration comes from is like, it's not enough for me anymore. And I haven't yet changed my um, routine enough to align with the life that I want. Is this making sense for you guys? So after all that happened with the convention center, I I got the job. It was amazing. I was training. I got hired with the girl. Like I was, I was up against her and they took a really long time to hire us. It was like a month of going back and forth and doing multiple interviews. And finally, when I was at orientation, she told me what job she was there for. And I was like, me too. And they were like, yeah, we didn't want to tell you this until it was official, but we 
wanted to like we worked out the funding basically so that we could hire you both because we just couldn't make a decision and that's because we were a lot alike which is why we were such good work friends like it was oh my gosh I was it was such a good time I was in bliss I was in a really good relationship everything was going well and then that was you know what four months in it's March and we're at work my boss is telling us like we're we're starting to turn the TVs on. He's like, I think they're shutting everything down. And we're like, what? <laughs> the world's just gonna shut down. And I remember telling my friend, I was like, three months, this will be done, it'll be gone. Don't worry. And she's like, I don't know, this feels bigger. But at this point, I was in such a high state that I was like, nothing can go wrong, right? Like, no, my life just came together. It can't go that way. Never in my fucking life did I imagine that it would go this way just with COVID alone. You know, we never imagined it would be that intense, but it was. So then we get sent home, but we're still getting paid. And I was like, all right, well, I just have to fill my time doing something like this sucks. And it's weird, but it could be way worse because my boyfriend at the time. And then I got COVID like the day after, because we went to a work meeting and one of my friends who I love so much, but she was like, you never come out with us. Cause I don't like, I, when I, I'm so boring, but like, I just come home, I go to the gym and that's my, that's my only activity. And I don't say it to sound like better than or holier than now. I say it to be like, that's like, I, the reason I go to the gym is because I need to like have human interaction because I do so little. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So she's like, you never go out with us, you know, come out with us and have lunch. So we did. And we ended up going and it was a beautiful day. And she asked me if I'd ever heard of the store, the red Jasper. I said, no. Um, and then I, she said, you know, you need to get your tarot cards read, whatever. So the next day she calls me and was like hey I have some really bad news my throat is really scratchy and I'm going to the doctor today I think I might have COVID I was like, oh, of course you do of course you do so I had to uh, two weeks I had to quarantine and this is fresh off like fresh off me getting cheated on so I just had nothing to do for two weeks but deal with my emotions and I didn't even have the gym so like no physical activity I was going crazy. I was going crazy. And thinking about it being such a dark time, like, I don't think I ever realized that it was that bad. And let me tell you this story. Okay. So I, I wanted to do a whole episode on it, but I'll just fit it in now. My friend, we talk all the time about our trauma and we have gotten really close over the last month because we spent a lot of time together because every time we hang out, we work through teenage and childhood trauma and I don't think we realized how much we were doing it until like the last couple of weeks that we we're like we have really been having a lot of breakthroughs that like when we hang out together we talk about such deep stuff and such emotional stuff that we're having all these breakthroughs and she's also been coming to my yoga classes and I do a lot of hip openers which you know you store most of your trauma in your hips and that's a lot of sacral chakra work which is around the you know the teenage years like trauma sexual trauma which we both have you know and and we've just kind of been working through a lot of that and one thing I think that has really helped us because we didn't really realize at the beginning that it was happening so often until the other day I came up with a system I was like we need to do this like color-coded scale of trauma and because I think sometimes when she would say things that would be so traumatic and she said it with such like nonchalance and I was like, 
Angel, that's really traumatic. And she was like, what is it? <laughs> is it? And I'm like, because she went through so much trauma. She went through such horrible things that like middle of the line trauma that would send some people over the edge just doesn't even register as trauma to her. So if you don't, if you're not even recognizing it as something traumatic, that means that you're accepting it in your everyday life and you're not working through the healing process that you need to be working through. And then she would say the same thing to me. Sometimes I would say these things and she's like, uh, Becca, <laughs> that's really traumatic. And I was like, we need to come up with a scale. Like I'll, we'll color code it, say starting yellow and we'll go up to red. So we'll say like yellow, orange, red, like this is a yellow trauma. So like, or this is a red trauma. So she would have, she would tell me stories and I'm like, angel, that's red. That's red. That's red trauma. And she's like, really? Cause it felt yellow. Meaning like, it felt like it wasn't really anything. And, and with the breakup that I had, when I got cheated on, I knew that it was bad, but I was like, I, I felt like I should have been healed by now because this trauma wasn't even that bad. And then as I went into specifics with her, because she wasn't, we, we became friends. We were actually neighbors before, which was so strange. That's a whole nother story that we'll have to talk about one day, but we were neighbors, like literal next door neighbors. And she was right next door to me like 10 feet away, we would like sit on the porch on the, you know, on days together. And we were just so close. But then she moved away and then we reconnected. I don't even remember how, but we reconnected and we realized that that entire time that we were living together, we were separately having our own like emotional breakdown and like spiritual awakening. So we're like, we were so close and we could have talked about it the whole time, but it just wasn't the right timing, I guess. So then she came into my life now and it's like, we're having all of these breakthroughs, but she, we, because we talk about that and she kind of started pointing it out. The reason that she showed me that she's the one who showed me the feelings. Will, if you heard me talk about that on a couple of episodes back, it's just a little wheel and you can look it up. There's a picture and it's got emotions separated off into like smaller emotions. So you can kind of backtrack what the actual feeling that you're having is. Right. So when I asked her, I was like, I don't really know what feelings are. She sent me that and I was like, this is a huge breakthrough for me. This is helping me identify emotions. And then the other day when we were talking about it, I had a breakthrough about like why I don't understand feelings. And it's because we didn't talk about feelings in my house. Like that was not something that we ever discussed. So I didn't have to recognize what they were specifically. I just knew that when you start to get something that feels like this, you suppress it because it ends badly. So whatever the feeling is, it doesn't fucking matter. Like you feel the tightness in your chest. That's bad. Something bad's going to happen. Or like that gross feeling that you get in your stomach. I don't, it does, I don't know what it is, but it's bad because, you know, the, it, it came from something gross or something bad is going to happen after or whatever, you know, the situation is, it's just like a, a trauma response. I'm sure <laughs> like she was like, okay, so we need to work on identifying emotions. And I know just from listening to podcasts and things recently, they say to start with it, you know, the feeling in your body and identify where it is and kind of describe what it feels like. And that has kind of helped and talking about it with her has also helped because I recognized an emotion the other day that I had never really felt before or put a name to, and it was being proud of myself. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is. It, I, I think I might, I think I might be proud of myself. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> you should be. And I was like, I don't, this is, but it's a new feeling for me. Like, this is a weird emotion that I'm not in touch with. And I told her, like, because I'm, I'm good at giving advice to other people because I'm able to recognize what an emotion looks like from the outside. 
but from the inside, I'm just not self-aware about emotion, self-aware about emotions as I thought I was. So that's really taken me a second to like put everything into order. And, and I've been so in the trenches of like survival mode. I couldn't do, I couldn't mentally make myself sit down and record. And I knew back to talking about that cycle. So this is where we left off, right? Like I've got to get the perfectionism thing. It overweighs my brain. It feels like this huge task. And because I'm in survival mode, I can't even fathom creating something, right? But then I know in the back of my mind, like, hey, you know, it'll get you out of this funk, creating something. (laughs) Because that's your literal life purpose. Like that is what brought you joy as a child. That is what brought you joy in middle school in a different way. In high school, you did it differently. College, you did it differently. Post-college, like every, if you break it all down to the basic, like, of what it was everything that I have done that has brought me joy has been creative in some way so I get in my head about that because I'm like if you'll just do it you'll feel better and I'm like see that's your life purpose my brain starts yelling at me and it's like see your life purpose and you're not fulfilling it you're just gonna you're okay with being a server forever you're okay with being mediocre you don't care like all the progress you made is gone and it's just my head inside of my head 24 7 of like why are you yelling at me? (laughs) Why are you being so mean to me right now? I am literally just trying to make it through. Like I got fired from a job and it brought up this pattern for me of being fired from other jobs. Because then when I thought about it, I was talking to my friend Angel again, talking about this with her. And we were going back through old jobs, just, you know, throughout the last month and a half or whatever, we've told these stories weeks apart. And then we finally put it together like, oh, that was a pattern. That was a pattern. Okay. So that's, I know once I recognize the pattern, it's like, get to the root of it. That's what you need to solve, right? That's basically shadow work. So I recognize the pattern of why this triggered me. I don't like being fired. Um, Okay. Because I didn't feel like what I, I don't, I feel like I was treated unfairly. Like there was no justice. The person who created the situation and all of the negative energy at the workplace gets to keep her job and then there's me who's doing the right thing living in integrity you know like trying to uplift everyone that I'm coming into fucking contact with I was on such an emotional high and then it was just like slammed up against the wall someone telling me you're still not doing it right you're still fired like what what you can't tell me it's because I spoke to a coworker in a negative way, because first of all, I didn't like, I spoke like an adult, but I was, this is the same job that I went to a manager and was like, Hey, this is not a, like, cause keep in mind restaurants, there's no fucking HR. Okay. And that's the thing that Angel has pointed out to me too, is like restaurants are so specific with the amount of like, like the environment really. And just the amount of shit that you put up with in a restaurant, we get so normalized to it that like, we forget what it's like to work in a normal job where you don't have to have people cuss you out or like shoulder check you. Like <laughs> It's not, but you get so normalized to it that you just accept it. And I had a man, a full, like 45 year old man put both of his fingers in my face, middle fingers in my face and say, fuck you. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to listen to a server, like yelling at me in the middle of the kitchen, right? In the middle 
of the workplace with like 10 people around. The kitchen manager is standing right next to me. And he does this because, by the way, the whole thing started because I needed something like a salad without blue cheese or something. And he yells and freaks out. I'm like, I don't know what that has anything to do with, but like, I just need a side of blue cheese. I don't know why it has to be this every time, right? And just this level of aggression that he showed me while I looked to my right and the manager, who's also a man, is doing nothing. Nothing. He says nothing. So I'm like, okay, not only have you said it's okay for him to treat me this way and that this this behavior is okay you've told now everyone in the kitchen which is by the way a lot of males that they can speak to me this way because you did nothing so you just gave them a stamp of approval like yep you can do that so I walk outside and I'm like I and this is you know a couple of months before I ended up getting fired but I walked outside I'm looking at my manager who ironically is the one who fired me and I look to her and I'm like hey like this is not okay. I can't work in a place where these things are allowed. This is like, it's getting out of hand, you know, and it's just been years of dealing with it. I think I finally got fed up with it because I was coming to realize like all of the things that have happened are not okay. And the way that you've been spoken to in the past, that's not okay. And it all just kind of one thing after another, like the chips fell. But it, what I was saying about the cycle, this was a, a repeat cycle, me getting fired. Um, because I also got fired from a job that created a huge issue for me. I, I just graduated college. I went to, I moved out of state. I moved to New Orleans with my ex-husband. We got married, moved away, seven months working at this job. I'm finally like getting the hang of it. I'm finding, because I was a manager, I was a food and beverage supervisor. So I was in charge of like four different things, five different things, room service, Starbucks, all these things in the restaurant. So it took a really long time to train and I'm just getting the hang of it. And it's like, as soon as I'm getting respect from, you know, my peers and from the people who are working under me, as soon as I get respect, I get pregnant. And I went to HR because I had a difficult pregnancy. And this is before, you know, I was having a lot of complications, but I wasn't really showing. And I went to HR, which by the way, is supposed to be private, confidential. I went to her and said, you know, what are my options? Because the doctors are saying that I'm going to have a difficult pregnancy. And I had been sick and throwing up. I, I threw up for the first like six months. It was awful. So I'm doing all this and still waking up and going to work at six o'clock every day. And I, there were times where I was like driving down the road, opening my car on the side of the interstate, puking, and then getting back in and driving back to work. So I'm dealing with all this stuff. I go to HR. I'm asking her my options. She tells me a little bit, you know, nothing super helpful. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks. So I'll walk out and I'm like, it's just something to keep in the back of my mind. You know, if I need to, I need to make money, right? Like I need to know what my options are. If I have family medical leave, I all these things, whatever. So I go back, you know, a couple of hours later or whatever, my boss, I see my boss. And he says to me that he, he heard from HR that I was pregnant. And I was like, excuse me. Like what? And another girl who was a manager there told me that she had, I think she was pregnant, like right when I started or right before I started, she had a baby. Anyway, she told me like, historically, he does not like people who are pregnant. So watch your back. So now my hairs are already like up on my back. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's weird. So now he knows. So that's weird. Don't like that. And then he started making me do these things that were like making me move things, heavy things, lifting heavy things, reorganizing liquor 
closets. And I'm like, I'm a manager. That's not something that I've ever been required to do. And now all of a sudden he was making me do it. And he was doing it like during my lunch breaks, like wasn't letting me have lunch breaks. There was all this weirdness that started. And now I look back, it's like abuse. And I remember even a woman in the kitchen telling me, um, like, you have to stop. You have to put your foot down because he's going to kill your baby. Like you're going to lose your baby. And I was like, okay. So I went to my OBGYN and I was like, Hey, I think they're doing some weird shit. They've already told me, like he told me, my boss, my direct boss said, if you want to fire someone, because I worked at a Marriott property and he said, if you want to fire someone, you, there's like eight things that you have to have. Like, it takes a lot, right? You have to have a lot of write-ups for them to get rid of you. So he's like, just start documenting everything because he had a girl that he wanted to get rid of. So he showed me, he's like, anytime she does anything, just document it. So then my boss, after I, he found out I was pregnant, starts documenting me for just the strangest things. And something in me was like, he's trying to get rid of you. He doesn't want a pregnant manager. Like you need to figure something out. So I went to my OBGYN and was like, Hey, I, I'm starting to get suspicious that he's going to try to fire me. So I need you to put something in writing saying that like, it was, it was literally like every four hours she has to eat. So my shifts are supposed to be eight hours. So that means halfway through my shift, I'm supposed to get a 30 minute or an hour lunch break like that was it and we already had that anyway so it was just in writing saying like this is what I need but he was making me skip lunch you know all this weird stuff starting to happen and then I'll tell you the full story we went because I'm a server we never clock in when we walk and I always forgot to clock in it wasn't something I was thinking about six o'clock in the morning with pregnancy brain right so I forgot to clock in and you're supposed to fill out these sheets well it was like a week later she asked me and she was like hey um what time did you get here? You forgot to clock in. You're supposed to fill out a, a sheet. But she came to me. It was the younger. There was two girls in HR and it was the younger one. She was like, my boss just told me that I need to give you this paper and you need to fill it out for last week. And I was like, I don't remember what time I got here. And she's like, well, just write, like, write what time you usually get here. And I was like, okay. So I wrote it and it was not the exact time that I got there. So they called me. And as soon as I filled it out, they called me into the office and there were three people in there. And he was like, sorry, this is falsification of documentation. You're fired. And I was like, excuse me, excuse me, falsification of documentation because I wrote down the wrong time on a clock in form. And it was like five minutes off. It wasn't like a, a it was like I was stealing time. Like what? And I, I remember being so shocked in the office and just being like, I, like, I cannot believe y'all are doing this to me. I was so shocked. And it always happens that way because I just never feel like I deserve it. And it's not this constant state of like victimhood. It's just, I know that when I show up to work, I do a good job. Like I'm a good employee, but I still feel like no matter what I'm punished because then going back even further, when I was in college, I worked at a bar that is now closed. Go figure because it didn't work out because they were terrible bosses and terrible people, honestly. But there was one in particular who was a manager and he was cute. He was only a few years older than me, but he completely took advantage of his power position and tried and failed to sleep with me. And when I didn't sleep with him, I showed up to work one morning and it was a different guy. It wasn't him. It was a different manager who came to me and was like, you don't really like fit the criteria of what we're looking for like we have a very specific style of person that we need working here and you just don't really fit it 
And I was like, what? Like I had the highest sales. I had so many regulars. I had like, it just didn't make sense. And I was like, now that I look back on it, like that has been a pattern for me that has happened over and over again. Once they tried to fire me, I don't even think that it ended up happening because I think it was bullshit, but I worked at a place that was also in college. It was a Buffalo Wild Wings. I feel like I can say that and not get in trouble. Um, My boss was trying to fire me because I went to my sister's wedding. Like I had told them, hey, this is my sister's wedding. I've already told you I couldn't make it. Like, and then they scheduled me. And then they're like, sorry, no call, no show. I was like, I'm literally about to walk in my sister's wedding. I don't know. Like I told you I wasn't going to be here. I don't know what you want from me. And then they tried to fire me. And it's like, like at what point, at what point? (laughs) So I'm trying to break that cycle right now of like justice. I just feel like that's what I need is like justice. Like that's my whole life is I just want justice. I just want things to pan out well for good people. And I want people to not like, I know it's a whole broken system. And I know that people think it's unrealistic for that to happen, but it can happen. I think if I really strongly define my boundaries of what I am going to accept and what I'm not going to accept. So I feel like the last um, couple of weeks that I haven't been recording. That's, that's really what I've been going through. So that's where my brain has been. And it's just been like breaking, like breaking through childhood trauma and fucking teen, my teenage self. Like I've done so much healing on my teenage self that it's, it's opening up new things for me. But with that, with every new like level and, you know, like leveling up or like awakening or enlightening every time you kind of advance and unlock that next like chakra or level it comes with just a flood of emotions. So I've been trying not to guilt myself or shame myself about not being able to create content because it's like your brain needed a second. You were starting a new job. You know, I'm getting readjusted and doing a lot. Like your brain's in a lot of places right now. And I kind of had to give myself a reality check of like this morning, I even wrote it down. It's like, you are a single mom who's receiving no outside support you have two jobs, you're on two platforms. You know, I have podcasts that I have to publish as well as TikToks that I have that are Bravo related. And that means I have to watch the content in order to be able to make it. So like that takes time. And it's just all these things, like you have put this inordinate, inordinate amount of pressure on yourself. And the, the pressure that I was putting on myself about the podcast was created from a story in my head. I've never received any complaints ever from anyone who was like hey why aren't you putting out podcasts regularly like you're supposed to have one every Monday or every you know like that's literally never been said so all that stress that I've been putting on myself was completely made up in my head and I'm not saying there aren't people who would like you know regularly scheduled content but I don't know that my brain will work that way all the time so like I'm gonna try my best but things happen in life And that's what I've been kind of trying to straddle that line of like making sure that I'm not self-sabotaging because my perfectionism is getting in the way. Or if I truly need like a mental break and mental space. And I think you can take that space and take those breaks, but you have to make sure to pull yourself out of it at the right time. Otherwise, because there's like a small window where it's like, okay, I've dealt with it. 
Um, I need to get back out there. And then it crosses into like victimhood and you just kind of like sitting in your own misery. And that's kind of what I was doing. Like I had to snap out of it and say, okay, we need to start getting back into it because I, I mean, it was like five pounds, but I gained five pounds and that sent me into this whole thing. Like you're losing all your progress. Cause the last thing that I had was that I had lost all this weight and that I had been working out. It was part of my routine. Like my skin started clear up. My hair was looking good. I was finally starting to look like I felt happy. Does that make sense? And then that aspect started changing because I wasn't able to go to the gym. Like my schedule got changed because I had to work in the morning. So I wasn't able to go to gym, you know, the gym like I wanted to. And it's just been a lot of adjusting my routine. So I kind of was like, all right, I, I need to do, if I'm going to adjust my routine, I got to figure it out first. So just do the things that I need to do. So like jobs, right? <laughs> got two jobs. So I need to figure that out and, you know, and kind of set that up. And then all the other stuff will come later. But it was, I just kept having to remind myself, like, be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself because no one is putting any pressure on you except yourself. So just don't do that. Like just, just every time your brain starts to tell you, you know, that mean narrative of like, oh, everyone's going to be mad if you don't publish an episode seven, you know, every seven days, like that story is made up. That story was made up probably because I like to have content out from other people. Like when manifestation, babe, she's talked about this before. She doesn't put things out regularly. She tries, but then she's like, sometimes there are times where I won't feel inspired and I don't want to speak on it unless I'm feeling inspired because then it comes across as bullshit, which is 100% how I feel. And that's why when I pick a topic, I want to stand behind it, you know, because it's like, I'm, I'm really feeling it. And it's going to be genuine versus me trying to force things because I've had podcasts or content that I've had to force and they're not as good. So I don't put them out. So I was like, well, stop wasting my time. Don't put it out. Don't put out something subpar. Just take the time that you need to yourself. It's almost like when you, when like an, a, an athlete gets an injury, you know, like you twisted your emotional ankle. So just give yourself six weeks to relax. <laughs> like take a second to just heal your wounds and then you can get back out there and, you know, but you can't sprint until you can walk. So like walk first, make sure you're not still injured. And then as, after you heal, get back up and go back out there. And that's what I've been doing. So I feel like I need to remember that like I am actively doing it right now. Like every, every big step is amazing, but every day is not a big step. Does that make sense? Like we, I'm taking small steps, but that's still steps forward. Like stagnancy is moving backwards, but any, any step forward is growth. So I've been taking those steps and doing things to heal my body, to heal my childhood, like my, you know, my subconscious, I've been doing all those things and that's hard work. So I'm just working on this. And I ask that you guys work on this. Cause I'm sure that this is something that everyone struggles with. It's like shaming themselves for feeling like they're not doing enough, but I want to tell you that you are doing enough. And if all you can do is make it through the day and you're making it through the day, then that's it. Like, don't shame yourself for not being able to do more be proud of yourself and reverse the narrative to say, I'm really proud of myself because I made it through this day. Like I didn't feel like I could make it through this day at the beginning of the day. And now I've made it. So be proud of myself. 
And tomorrow, maybe I'll get a little more done. Maybe I'll do a little extra. And if all I can do tomorrow is survive, then that's what I'm going to do. And we'll work towards it, you know, but just give yourself a little grace. That's all I'm asking. And I'm going to do the same. So if you guys agree to stop guilting yourselves or try to stop guilting yourselves, just become aware when you're doing it or shaming yourself or belittling yourself. Anytime you're being mean to yourself, like ask yourself, would I say this to a friend or picture yourself saying it to like your son or your daughter, picture yourself using the words that you use toward yourself to other people. See how it makes you feel. And if it makes you feel bad, don't speak to yourself that way. Okay. This episode went way longer. I really do have to go because I have to get ready for work now. (laughs) It went way longer than I was planning, but I had so much to say. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening and so much for being supportive and never yelling at me because I don't publish episodes on time. (laughs) Thank you guys all so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.